Hey, Rob, Tour de France. Uh, we're on the eve. Last time we were talking about Tour de France, you were out, out in Copenhagen. You're not quite in Copenhagen. You're in Italy. Uh, but you're still not at the start of the Tour de France, which is in Bilbao. Um, yeah, lots lots have happened since then, of course. But we're just talking about Tour de France today. Uh, what are we expecting from the first stage? Let's just crack on with the stages. Yeah, first stage, quite an interesting one. Generally, the tour and any grand tour will start with either a flat stage or a time trial to kick us off. But um, this year at Tour de France and Bilbao, something quite different, quite a hilly stage. Um, I think good opportunity for the break at the start, then a few more hills, and then with about 10k to go, a really tough climb, 2k at almost 10%, climbs heavily backloaded and some real steep gradients towards the end. And um, yeah, this is definitely going to be a big action stage. I think it'll be mental all day, to be honest. I think it's got the potential for a lot of crashes too. And um, yeah, definitely a uh, stage to watch. That's for yeah, sure. definitely away from tradition, as you mentioned. It's usually the flat stage or a prologue of sorts. And uh, uh, you get a sprinter in yellow for a few days. But uh, we might even see Roglic, uh, sorry, not Roglic, Pogacar in uh, yellow from the from day one really um looking at the stage as you mentioned super hilly climb at the end um with a break i've well a break will definitely go up the road but whether they'll be allowed to uh have a run on the peloton will be uh very unlikely i imagine and um as you mentioned uh it's, it's going to be super sketchy out there usually in the first few days of the tour de france is um, but who's who are you thinking who's uh will walk away with yellow on day one then? I, th- I think Pagatch is the obvious choice. Yeah, um, the that other, was what I was the thinking. Other, the other two picks to, uh, to win a stage, I would say, well, Bernard and Matthew Van der Poel. Um, kind of slightly depends how it's raced. I also think it's quite unlikely the break will stay away just because literally every team will want to win this first stage and go into yellow, even though. There's probably only like three or five guys who have a realistic chance of doing it. Um, I I think Pagat the most likely situation for me is Pagatcha goes clear on this penultimate climb and stays away. There's a chance either Van der Poel or Van Aert are in touch and distance and can get back to him. And then the finale of the stage is slightly uphill, like an uphill sort of sprint where they would beat Pagatcha. But personally, I see Pogaccia going away. Maybe Jonas can go with him, one or two of the GC riders, but I think it would be too tough for Van Aert or Van der Poel. Um, and then if, I think if Pogaccia's in a league group, what, uh, it's only Van der Poel and Van Aert who can beat him in a sprint on that finish as well. So for me, it's going to be one of those three who wins um, and Pogaccia winning and taking time on the vast majority of people is probably the the most likely thing to happen in my opinion but his form's slightly unknown um not really great since the age he's, he's done um the slovenian national champs and won the time trial and road race but there's a big difference between winning winning those and winning the first stage of the tour a lot a lot more strength in depth there um so so yeah quite up in the air but i see a Pogaccia win um, to kick off this tour if he's anywhere near form he's brought the previous two tours. So, so yeah. yeah, we'll go into his form in a little while when we talk about the contenders, contenders and stuff. But you're absolutely right. There's going to be fireworks from day one, which is unheard of in the Tour de France for a very long time. And even stage two is a hilly one. 
we're in the mountains from stage five and six. It's going to be incredible first week in the Tour de France. And well, Vingago can't let anything go. Um, I, I think he'll be betting on a uh, week three to wind some time back, but he'll be he'll be wanted to keep Rog- uh, Pogacar in sight throughout the tour. And uh, yeah, we'll move on to stage two, another hilly one into St. Sebastian. Um, again, a tough, tough climb towards the end. Uh, who do you see taking that one? Uh, again, yeah, pretty similar. I think, yeah, quite a similar stage and layout, but this time the climb about 10k from the finish isn't as tough. It's longer, about 8k, but it's only like 5%. Yeah. Not really hard enough for GC riders to get away. So um, I think this stage has Van Art written all over it, to be honest. There's some other sprinters who might get over like a miracle. If, if Pedersen has a chance of getting over, Gamay might have a chance. Philipson's on the cracker of the day, he might get over, but I don't think they do. And I think I think this is, in all likelihood, quite an easy win for Van Aert, to be honest. He'd have to be on pretty bad form to not get over this climb in the lead group. And he might even get the port over with him uh, for a lead out, um, which would just guarantee him the, the stage win, in my opinion. But yes, I think stage two has well Van Aert written all over it, to be honest. So, mm. so yeah. You would imagine a finger go of uh, Pogacar got yellow in stage one. Did probably give it away in stage three, wouldn't you think? Break away, perhaps? I, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not convinced. Everyone seems to want to give away the yellow jersey so much, but I think it would be pretty hard to give it away here. I mean, you could do it could if you just let a massive break go at the start, mm. but then like, it's like there's not that many people who'd be that far down on a GC at that point. So you have to make sure it's a break with no even like semi-serious contender, which yeah. could be quite hard or serious contender for the podium. Because I feel like at this tour, there's a lot of guys who could podium GC. Even yeah, yeah, yeah. Are looking quite serious. So I think break management would have to be a big, big part of this. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I I see it as a, as a, it's kind of a big route come to the finish, to be honest, but I could be wrong. That's how I read it. But I, I, I think it'll be a big group finish, although a lot of pretty knowledgeable people say it'll be a break. But yeah, um, yeah convinced with just how, how mental the first few stages of the tour tend to be nowadays. I yeah. I think it's given a well-planned win is, is the most likely option in my eyes. So yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, and then on stage three and four, uh, we stay in the Basque region, but into France for stage four. Uh, more flat finishes this time. What we're used to. Um, who who are the top sprinters we're looking at to, uh, these days, Rob? We obviously have Cavendish, but not quite on form just yet. And uh, of course, he can uh, spring a surprise, but not on the like. He's he's not favourite for any stage really. Um, it'll be incredible if he does get the record on the Champs Elysees if he reaches the end. But who are we looking out for to take the sprint wins? Uh, you've already mentioned Van Aert, Van der Poel, but I imagine Van der Poel is probably on lead out duties when it comes to the flatter stages. Yeah, yeah. So yes, Philipson, uh, the sprinter for Alpsons clinic, very lucky. He'll have a, a Van der Poel in his lead out train, which is a massive advantage. Van der Poel, Van der Poel clearly a great sprinter and can really push for a long time as well in the final two or even one kilometers. Um, and that for me gives Philip some massive advantage and I think rightly justifies why he's the favourite for the sprint stages. 
Fabio Jakobsen, uh, probably going to be his biggest threat. He's looked very fast in some races, but um, the Koenig Gricks have not the team they used to be, especially in the sprint stages. Um, so, so yeah, um, we'll see see about that. Um, other than that, you've got like Van Art, like you mentioned, um, Caleb Ewan, uh, Jordi Mayus, surprisingly being the sprinter that Bora Hansgrohe bought, as opposed to Sam Bennett. Um, and generally quite an open open sprint. Binion Gamay, um, looking very impressive as well in build-up races to the tour, um, looking very quick. Whether he can actually position himself to get in that position, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, certainly a very a very strong sprint field with a lot of strength in depth. But two big favourites, Fabio Jakobsen and uh, Jasper Philipsen for me. Uh, have you been following the politics coming out of Groupama FD, FDJ? Um, yeah, I think they've gone a bit mental, to be honest, that the French teams generally might not be managed quite as professionally, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't like what they've done there. I'm not sure who's leaving the team when, but I don't really understand why they'd want Demar to leave. I think earlier in the year we saw um, Gardou quite publicly saying, I don't, I can't remember quite quite from what method he was saying it, he wouldn't go to the tour. He didn't want Demar to come to the tour with him. Yeah. Which is quite a thing to say because yes, he's a good rider. He he can potentially podium the GC at this race. Um but he's not Pogatri, not Vingegaard. Podium is really is ambitious for him still. Um he looked pretty poor in the Dauphine leading up to this race. And for them to leave out Demar, who's like a guy who could genuinely win stages in the sprint, yeah. is is quite rogue. And um, it seems like it's a big personality clash, and that's why Demar is not at this race, um, which is a shame and not great for Rupan or FDJ, in my opinion. Yeah, and it it looks like it's it's gone beyond just uh, supporting Godou, uh because they've brought in uh, Van den Berg when they had an opportunity to bring in Demar uh, after one of the riders went off, uh, I think, illness or injury, and uh, they still overlooked Demar. And uh, I think that boat has sailed for him now, unfortunately. And uh, I think the writing's on the wall and he'll be leaving at the end of this year. I'll be surprised if he ends up at any major races throughout the year and uh, probably be sent to uh, the... The races out in China and and the shorts really, and uh, that will take us then yeah. to stage it's five. A, it's yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Sorry, I was just saying it was a big shame. Yeah. yeah absolutely, and um, that takes us, I guess, to stage five into the mountains. Uh, short stage, um, and even shorter uh, for stage six. Uh, what are we looking out for then? Uh, is is this when the GC riders set them um, put out their markers, or is this when the breakaway gets away? Yeah, well, I think firstly teams will be collecting themselves. I expect a lot of crashes have happened, but yeah, stage five looking brutal, that's for sure. Um, sort of an interesting one. The first fifty k pretty flat. Will be quite hard for a breakaway full of good climbers to get away. Could even be as long as um, until kilometer 80, until the break's fully established, I think, which would really make it chaos. And um, like I say, until until you have a lot of guys down on GC, 
it's hard to give those gaps then he'll be competitive I think I think this could definitely be a brief breakaway day stage five um someone like Julio Chaconi has said he wanted to lose a lot of time already um by this point to have a chance to win stages like this and um yeah I think we'll, we'll definitely get an idea of who's in form and who's who's not who are the real GC contenders we'll see on this final first cat climb um and yeah, could go either way, could be a break, could be a GC group um, sprinting out, out on a fairly flat finish of stage five. Yeah, and um, that means we are back into Flatlands on stage seven into Bordeaux and then uh, another hilly and mountainous stage before a rest day. Uh, week one or first nine days then, um, what, what are we going to see from the GC action? Are we going to see much time difference or are they going to save it for the later days? I, I think, yeah, you could definitely see a lot of GDC difference. I think stage five and six are pretty brutal um, and stage nine certainly is. Um, 4K at 12%, you can definitely get some some reasonable gaps on that. Um, so, yeah, I think just seeing what happens there Um Pretty big differences. I think the biggest thing will be crashes. I'm sure one or two serious podium contenders will have crashed out by this point um, just because of the nature of the racing. And um, I think that will be the big differences. I doubt there'll be anyone out of more than two minutes out of contention just through bad legs who's a realistic contender. Um, but yeah, I think we'll definitely know good pecking order of the bunch by this point. Yeah, and um, it's probably worth mentioning, Rob, that there's uh, time bonuses and uh, bonus points as well, separately. Uh, so in each stage, coming first will bag you 10, 6 and 4 seconds, respectively, for the first three riders. And um, that's something we've seen uh, Pogacar go for over and over again. Um, do you think he's going to be using the same tactics again? Obviously, we, we don't know if it backfired in a sense that it contributed to him losing the tour last year. Uh, whereby he was going for these these uh, points at the or rather seconds at the end of a stage, um, often burning gas um, and then obviously burning out to Vingago. Uh, but with the points being or rather the seconds being a lot larger this time, do you think uh, it's a tactic he'll he'll go for again? I'd imagine so. I think he can rack up actually quite a lot of time on Vingegaard. Um potentially even the chance for up to 30 seconds in the first week through time bonuses, which yeah, is quite significant. The tour will likely be won by more um, than that, but I think he should definitely go for it. Oh, the one way Jumbo Visma should be trying to counter this, um, particularly in the early stages, is aiming to win with Van Art or just allow breakaways up the road so Vingegaard, uh, so, yeah, so Vingegaard isn't losing time to Pogaccia. Um, on those on those time bonuses, should Pogacar be doing it? I think he's just a natural racer, to be honest. I think he just likes winning bike races, whether there's time bonuses or not. But as a general strategy, I think he should probably try and limit the amount of matches burnt because, as we saw last year, he did blow his doors off slightly in that last week, and um, that could kind of be how how Vingegaard won that tour. So, so yeah, he certainly needs to measure his efforts, but. I'm also expecting he'll be fully racing to win um, these stages also. Yeah, so with the first nine stages out of the way, then the rest, 
then it, it only leaves six stages before another rest days. And uh, stages 10 to 15, they are super tough. There's only one flat section in, in one flat uh, stage. Um, so which which out of those are looking de- well looking tasty? Which ones should the listeners tune into? Where where's the action going to happen? Do you think, Rob? Uh, so stage 10, 11, and uh, twelve all look pretty calm. Thirteen, thirteen is going to be a big one. Um, big horse cat climb to finish twenty k climb. Uh, Grand Colombier seventeen k at seven percent. Uh, on Bastille Day as well, expect a lot of French riders in a massive break, and um, then probably a GC group chasing them down for the finish. Um, Tour could definitely be won that day. I'd expect big differences to be seen there. Um, hopefully, a lot of good tactical racing, but definitely big burn up on stage 13. Stage 14, again, absolutely brutal. Um, yeah. <sighs> 11k 8% for the final climb that will again be a big, big, uh, big decider in the race and then a descent to the line. Um, potentially slightly controversial. Uh, people have, I think there's been a bit of backlash to that, although I think it is going to stand stage 15 again and have a really, really tough stage for them. Uh, the first cat climb. So I think, I think we've got back today, back to back days, stage 13, 14, 15 really really tough and a large part of the gc will be decided on those uh, three days that's for sure then following that up into stage stage 16 um after the first rest day again absolute madness so so you can kind of argue this tour like uh, the recent Giro is slightly uh backloaded um so yeah yeah and uh well you could say that but it's it's yeah, action will start from day one, though, as we discussed, I guess. But talking about staging 13, 14, 15, that's, that's when I think the likes of Pidcock and others will will shine and uh, come to the fore. They will Naba Mountains uh, finish, I guess. Um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Rob, I, I read Van Aert won't be going for the green jersey this year, but he's such an incredible rider. I, I find it hard uh, imagining anyone else will take it off him. Uh, yeah, I just, I just don't know what he's chatting there, to be honest. I think he's full of... He, he, I've seen him and Van Paul do this so much. They always just say, before big races, like, they're ill, and they just say really stupid things to the press. Like, Van Aert, unless he's literally just going to be a climbing domestique for Jonas, he's he's going to be a competitive for the green jersey. If he just tries in sprints, he'll be competitive for the green jersey because Van Aert, although he might not win tour level stages so regularly he always comes in the top three uh, mm-hmm. which is massive sprint jersey points and he can always easily take intermediate sprints because he, he's always in breaks so those points are easy for him to get and like we saw last year he won the competition so easily um, that he pretty much had it sewn up a long way from the finish so um, although he might not be targeting the green jersey it may be quite hard for him to not win it even if he's slightly still trying and not just being a total mountain domestique one theory I've had is he might be going for the climbers jersey uh, for the Pokemon oh, okay. jersey Interesting. Just, I, I don't think he would be this is what I'd be doing if I was his DS just because I think it would be cool to one year 
win the sprinter's jersey and then the following year we win the climber's jersey, which is something I think he'd be capable of doing if he targeted that. But oh, I kind of think if he, he targeted doing both, I think I think he could do that as well. If he like moved himself into being a bit more of a climber specifically for this tour, I think I think the green jersey can naturally come quite easily to him, like it did Sagan for so many years. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I I don't understand. My only thought is he, he might be leaving the tour early um, because his wife is expected That's right. to have a baby either during the tour or I think it's meant to be slightly after. So he probably won't leave. But maybe it's a good excuse for him. Um, if he says he's not targeting it, it's maybe then easier for him to leave if if the new baby comes earlier than expected. So, so yeah. So I think uh, with that in mind, we're going to see a lot of him early on in the Tour de France going for stages because he won't, he may not be around towards the end. Um, but yeah, uh, going back to stage 16 then, uh, I'm going to butcher this. It's Passy to Combleu. Um, there's a climb at the end. It's a very short time trial, um, 22K, uh, but there's a large climb at, well, it's, when I say large, it's two and a half kilometers at 9.4% uh, average. Do you think we're going to see bike changes? Is it is it worth doing? Yeah, it's a really weird thing. I've been thinking about this a lot, and I've not really heard or seen too much, but I, it's such a short, I don't know. I'd really, I think you could just fight. The thing is, it starts the first, there's after the two to four K is quite a serious climb as well. Um, so yeah, I'm really not too sure to be honest. I'd imagine I think you could even argue some sort of composite bike or like a time trial bike with with like only like fifty mil wheels or something. I think the strategies will be really interesting. I think you could justify a bike change, but I don't know to be honest, because it is quite a short climb. Then it does keep going on over the top, like kilometers sixteen to twenty-two is all climbing. So, so maybe a bike change at sixteen k makes sense. But just because there's so much climbing in the first, well, four kilometers as well, I don't know. It's it's a really interesting one. I'd be very interested to see uh, the tactics employed by teams here. This will definitely be an interesting uh, time trial, especially if you're a nerd and you kind of intrigued by what tactics they use because I think getting the tactics right here will be quite important and equipment choices will be very important, that's for sure. Absolutely. And uh, the last week is when Vingago is probably looking at some of those stages and thinking that's when he can crack Pogaccio just like he did last year. Um, but there's some tough, 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 uh, tough parkour. And um, which which stage is he, is he likely to attack most if he hasn't already um, got got it in the bag. I think the key GC stages are actually in the second week, and you go sixteen, and then seventeen's massive stage as yeah. well. Seventeen's the queen stage, eighteen's easy, nineteen's easy, and then twenty's pretty tough, not mental tough, but but pretty tough. Um, so I think in the final week it'll it will be on stage seventeen. Um, quite a lot of altitude here as well, um, and. Yeah, this is the sort of stage where you'd expect Lunas, if he's going to put time into Pogaccia, this is the sort of place he needs to do it. Um, the high altitude, generally not great for Pogaccia. If it's hot here as well, then it's all advantage of Ingegaard. If it's cold, I think it's advantage of Pogaccia. Just every time it's wet, 
grim conditions for Gatchi just excels so much. I think he goes to another level um, altogether. And I feel that's slightly why he did so well in the spring classics is just because he does well into the cold compared to the heat. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch and interesting to see what the state of play is at this point, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, if we look at if we now go through the teams, Rob, and just um, basically break down what chances they have and the rest of it, because I imagine only a few years ago we'd be talking about Ineos a great deal, but we haven't mentioned them one just yet, once just yet. And um, but they do have a def- well Tour de France champion within their ranks this time, and that hasn't been the case for a while. Uh, but um, yeah, let's let's go into each team. So we'll start with Ineos, just as we've mentioned them. Egan Bernal makes a return. Uh, what can we expect from him? Perhaps a top 10, top 5? What do you think? Top 5, pretty ambitious, I'd say. Bernal, top 10. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think if he comes away with 9, I think that they should be happy with that. Just marks a continual like, return to form. Um, but yeah, all of the... He, you know, he's done some good races the last two, three months, but you know he's never looked like a serious tour contender or someone who can podium. Um, but yeah, Pidcock, right Pidcock top ten, or are we thinking stages only or stage? He's he said he's going the GC and he wants to win from the GC group, but um, given his performance in Tour de Suisse, that sounds slightly dreamland to me. Although I have seen Pidcock turn it around very quickly, turn his form around very quickly. So I wouldn't be totally shocked if he if he goes for third. Um but I I can see him being nowhere near top ten. But like if he carries through the sort of form he has toward a Swiss, I think he can't I can't even come top ten with those sort of legs. But he's got he has a lot. He he needs to have improved his level a lot in toward a Swiss, which was only twelve days ago. So I don't, I don't quite understand how someone changes their form that quickly, although Pidcock has changed his form around in a miraculously short time in the past, and Geraint Thomas has done it in the past for that team as well, so maybe he can, but for me personally, I, I struggle to see. I, I think he should be happy to repeat the performances of last year's tour, to be honest. Um, but yeah, he may surprise, but at Tour de Suisse, he was just really, really bad, so it's hard for me to see that happening, to be honest. Over to Yumbo then. Uh, obviously, the team is set up uh, to protect and defend the yellow jersey. Vingago, uh, obviously, the favourite, if not joint favourite with Pogacar. Uh, they have quite the team um, behind him. The likes of uh, Sepkus, perhaps the number one domestic currently in the peloton. Uh, Van Aert, we've talked a lot about him. Christophe Lepore uh, and the rest. Um, there's not much more to say about that team, is there, Rob? No, it's it's, it's the best team in the race, in my opinion. Um, and in my opinion, strongest leader, the guy most likely to win. Um, just absolutely fantastic support for him. On the flat, he's got Laporte and Wout Van Aert to help him. Nathan Van Hoydonk and Dylan Van Baal are there as well. And just a lot of great climbing support. Wout Van Aert, again, will be killed in them. Climbing support, Tation Luke can climb pretty well on the flat also and set plus probably the best mountain domestique in the world right now so so yeah absolutely fantastic team for Jonas um, so yeah I think they look in great shape try and win the race again for the second time with the same guy um, so yeah 
Wilco Keldon also being told being sold as a joint leader. Don't quite believe that to be honest. Um, especially given he was brought in as a replacement late on. Um, but yeah, it will be interesting to see how it all pans out for them. Um, but yeah, fantastically strong team. And uh, yeah, look very well. Very quickly, are they going to miss Roglic? Um, yes, they will miss Roglic because they don't. They the way they cracked Pogacar last year on that stage is they were counter attacking with Roglic. They can't do that this year because they Pogacar only has to mark Vingegaard on that team. Whether last year he had to mark Roglic as well, and that helped tire out Pogacar for when Jonas finally got that gap. Um, so yeah, I think they will miss Roglic. Um, and personally, I'd have brought him to this tour. To be honest, I don't quite see the point of resting him up and just kind of going for a third welter when I think he could be quite instrumental and have some some chance of winning and potentially podium the this race himself also. Uh, uh, so we, we'll go over to UAE team. Uh, obviously, Tade Pogacar is number one on that team, but some might say otherwise. Adam Yates is uh, has been coined as joint leader, perhaps. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, he was he was the second best rider at the Dauphiné. He came second at the Dauphiné. And Pogacar's form does have a slight question mark over it uh, due to all that time off racing he had since um, his, his broken wrist at the age of last on the age. Um, so, yeah, I, this, this joint leadership is a bit more believable. If, if Pogacar wasn't at the race, then Yates would likely be Jonas Vingard's biggest worry. Um, although I don't I don't really see Adam Yates as someone who could be Vingard, to be honest. Um, but I think Yates has a great chance of podium. If he races for himself, if he doesn't have to work for Gatchin too much, I think he has a chance of podium this, this race. Um, and yeah, I think it's actually a really good duo uh, for GC. Whether Adam Yates can carry form all the way through a Grand Tour not just through the first week is yet to be seen for quite a long time. I expect him to be very good in the first in the first week. Um, I expect him to be very good for tomorrow's stage um, in the Basque country. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually gets away with Pogaccia or sets Pogaccia up very well. Um, the team also looking very good. A good climbing support, Mark Sler, Rafa Micah, that's another two great climbers. Not quite so sold on his flat on the, on the guys helping him out on the flat. Yes, Mikhail Pierre is pretty solid, but I'm not sure they'll be able to position him, Pagatcha and Yates as well, the climbs as like Yumbo Visma does. Um, so I think one one of my worries for tomorrow's stage for Pagatcha is he might struggle to actually get a good position into that climb. Uh, I think you'll have to do a lot more of that work yourself and say. Um, other other guys such as James Newgard. Yeah, they don't have quite the team as Yumbo for sure. Um so let's go over to Groupama. We've talked about David Godu. Um best best he'll get is probably third and that's at a push as well. Um yeah. any anyone else in that team we're looking out for? Um I mean yeah Tivo Pino but I mean, yeah, he, 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 I think he was, I think, I believe, fifth, fifth at the Giro. Um, but uh, he's a long way off being a GC contender at this tour. Can he 
can he be relevant? Can he go for a stage or two? Maybe. Uh, Valentin Madois, also another very good rider, um, fresh from winning French national champs. He could be pretty impressive. Um, so, uh, like stage winner impressive, not like winning the GC impressive. He was 10th overall last year as well. So, so interesting to see how he goes. But, um, but yeah, I think it's all in for Gardi really here, let's be honest. Yeah, and uh, so we'll go over quickly to EF Education. Uh, Richard Carapaz is perhaps the leader there, but they also have ooh, a few uh, a few stage winners in there. I think a lot of people who could win stages at this tour, I think Bettiol could win a stage, Chavez could win a stage, Cork could win a stage, Paulus, even James Shaw, definitely Roberto Rally might be a another GC option for them. So, so yeah, they've got lots of options, lots of things to do this tour, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not convinced by a Carapaz GC um, just yet. Um, it could potentially happen. I mean, there's just so many people who've looked so poor in their build-up races for this tour that I think it could be a very... if Unless people raise their level, it could be a very uncompetitive challenge for this um podium but Carapaz is one of those people I'd hope to step up a level um, so hopefully we see that um, but yeah yeah and uh, what's your what, what what do you think Carapaz is going to get top five um, I'd say probably not to be honest I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on him getting a top five um, I think I think um, challenging or getting a stage win later on in the race is what I'd most likely see um, I think him building his form and then performing well at a stage with significant altitude um, is probably the thing they should most be hoping for at this moment. So, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see him in the top five, no. So, quickly then, go over to Quickstep. Uh, Philippe, what's his form like? Because he could be in yellow potentially, uh, but he could also grab a few stages, but he could also falter and be out the team as quickly as next year. Yeah, yeah, a lot of criticism. I would quite rightly justify to Alaphilippe this year. Been pretty poor right up until the Dauphin day when he was actually pretty strong, taking the win stage two there and another second place as well. So I actually think Alaphilippe could go pretty well this tour. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the big surprise of the tour. I wouldn't. I, I'm actually backing Alaphilippe quite a lot in comparison to other people. Um, so yeah, we'll see how he goes. I, I, I think a mountains. I'd like to see him go for the KOM jersey, and I also think um, a stage win for him is also possible. Do you think he's got enough in him for polka dot? I think so. I I mean, it's quite a bold claim given his form the last two years. Um, but yeah, I think I think when Alaphilippe really trains and really targets for something, which I think he has been doing, um, yeah, I think he's capable of refining that form. Um, and I really hope he does, to be honest, because uh, he's great to watch and great entertainment during the race. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so let's go over to the rest of the team. So my picks, obviously, are uh, very quickly, Bahrain have a two-pronged attack. 
Uh, Bora have a chance with Jai Hindi, potential top five. Chikoni from Little Trek. We think in uh, going for the mountains jersey, jersey perhaps. Uh, Ag Tuar, Ben O'Connor, obviously. Kosnafai may go for a stage or two. Alpacin de Koenig, and we talked about the sprinters. Into Marche, Biniam Gurmai uh, will grab. Uh, may even go for the sprinters jersey. Actually, uh, rest of the teams, Rob. Um, anyone? Any standouts? Um, not massively. I think Simon Yates at J.K. Lula could could be a big surprise package. Yeah. Not raced too much recently. Uh, Enric Mass and Mateo Jorgensen from Movistar, I think, could have a good impact on the race. Uh, potentially guys who can top five through the podium. Um, Lotto, and Caleb Ewan, not too minutes by him. And then, other than that, yeah, Astana with Mark Cavendish aiming for that big, uh, that big final win to give him the, the standout record of stage wins. Um, but quite an ambitious aim for them, in my opinion. So, but yeah. And Sagan's uh, last four. Yeah, Sagan, who also, uh, quite, I don't know where his mindset will be. I think he recently, uh, he's out on suspended sentence um, from drink driving in Monaco. So, so it's quite a stressful build-up to the tour for him. Um, but yeah, he'll be hoping to say goodbye in a, in a good fashion, that's for sure. Although, before, before we go then, Rob, who's who, who are you thinking? Uh, Vingago or Pogacar? It's it's Vingago for me. Although really, okay. In my opinion, it depends on the weather. If it stays nice and warm, hot, I think Vingago wins. If it rains on a lot of the mountain passes, I think Pogacar wins. Um, but I'd say most likely Vingago wins. Um, so yeah, that's I don't know. I, I I think the safe bet is on uh, Pogacar only because. I don't know, there's something about him that draws a bit more confidence, uh, probably because he does it week in, week out, as opposed to just for the tour. Um, the fact that he's two-time winner as opposed to one. I don't know, there's, if you break it down performance-wise, I think you're absolutely correct. But when you think of it as a fan, um, looking at it from the outside without with more emotion as opposed to analytics... I think uh, Pogacar, and uh, that's where my heart is. I think. Fair enough. Fair enough. Very. I think you can argue either way, to be honest. So, so yeah, like you say, Pogacar is a winner throughout the year. So, so yeah, definitely justifiable to think he'll be the winner. That's for sure. Rob, appreciate you coming on once again and sharing your insights. We'll be back soon. Cheers. Thanks. Bye.